Today's podcast is brought to you by It's All Your Fault, a new podcast from the scene about the Nashville Predators. The show features David Beauclair and Megan Sealing talking about all things Preds. Beauclair's covered the team for two decades, which gives him as much perspective on the franchise as anyone in Nashville. Sealing was a Predators fan before even moving to Nashville five years ago, keeps a small shrine to Victor Arvidsson on her desk, and is personal friends with Peter Laviolette's turtle. This may or may not be true. With one insider and one outsider and, an out- and a range of guests, they'll follow the team's quest to return to the Stanley Cup Finals. You can subscribe to It's All Your Fault on iTunes, Stitcher, or TuneIn today. From the ugliest building in the Gulch, this is the Nashville Scene Cast. I'm Megan Sealing, Culture Editor. If you like us, don't forget to subscribe and rate us. Leave us comments on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, TuneIn, or wherever it is you get your podcasts. Thanks again to Jeff the Brotherhood for letting us use their song Diamond Way from the We Are the Champions album, which is available now at music stores everywhere. And in fact, maybe you can pick it up tomorrow, Friday, at Grimey's, where you can also see this week's scene cover stars and today's podcast guests, it's Bully. Hi, Alicia. Thanks for being here. Thank you for having this me. This is super exciting. So if you uh, if you pick up a copy of the scene right now, you will see Bully on the cover. Uh, they are releasing their second full-length album, Losing, on Friday, October 20th on Sub Pop Records. Uh, I got to hang out with the band. We went to hibachi dinner. Yes. We had coffee. Uh, we talked all about some of the stuff that went into the record, how you felt mm-hmm. having to... like. Your your 2015 debut feels like was a was a major success. It took you all around the world, and then you had to come home and do it again and follow it up. And so we talked a lot about the process that went into that. Uh, one thing that you mentioned in the interview in this, that we talk about in the story, you think losing is your best record yet is is Bully's best work yet. Um, and is that well? It's not. Uh, it doesn't have much competition. There's right, only right. one other it's record. True, that's so. true. But. I think all bands maybe strive to beat the record that they put out before, yes. uh, but probably with mixed results. What do you love about losing? What do you think exists on that record that you weren't able to do on Feels Like? I just think overall it's a little bit more mature than Feels Like, and I think that uh, there's just a little bit more space sonically everywhere and within the songs, and that was a goal of mine going into it, so... I hope that it's received well, but there's really no telling. Right. <laughs> it's one of those things you do it, and then you have to wait for six months until anybody starts hearing yep. anything. Uh-huh. Uh, so some singles have been released, though, and like those are getting some good feedback. Uh, mm-hmm. It seems like, like people on Facebook seem to like it. Um, so does that feel good once you start getting the feedback coming in and seeing what people are saying, does that maybe take care of a little bit of the nerves leading up to the release? It's definitely reassuring. Yeah, yeah. And helps a lot. I mean, we had um, the NPR First Listen yesterday, and that went over great. And it's out next week, so at this point we're all just like, fuck, all right, let's just release it. I don't right. I just don't put feel, it out. <laughs> yeah, in the couple months where we were really waiting where nothing had been released and it was kind of all um, 
the planning of the release, I would say I was a lot more nervous than I am now. And yeah. now I'm just like, well, let's just do it. Right. I mean, it's it's technically it's out, I guess. You just can't yeah. buy it. But you can hear the whole right. thing at this yeah. point. Yeah. I don't know. Do those streams last a week or a day? That is a good question. I have no idea. Uh, but I think it was a day, but it might be all week. So, you know, I don't really know. <laughs> Glad to see you're very hands-on yeah, with the promotional I'm, side I'm, of uh, I'm uh, super hands-on. <laughs> so the record is called Losing. And when you sat down to write, the, to write the record and to start demoing and stuff, it happened to coincide with the presidential election. Uh, it, it seems like it was maybe sort of a dark-ish kind of time. And that definitely comes through on the record. Uh, and one thing that you mentioned, and we talk more in detail about this in the story, but one thing that you mentioned is that music for you is really therapeutic and you end up dealing with some of the things that uh, that that are heavy or hard or frustrating. Um, and is that hard as a writer to, to be inspired by real life experiences? Is that overwhelming or does that just feel good to get it out? Well, I think that it, it definitely, it seems more dark than light. Absolutely. Um, but I think that there's a lot of positivity hidden in it. Yeah. Um, and, and some I of the think... songs, even if the lyrics are heavy, they're still fun sounding. Like right. some of the guitar work is still kind of sparkly and playful. And Yeah. And I think particularly um, certain songs about the election are kind of um, about overcoming whatever horrible feelings you were trying to process or go through or understand. And um finding a way to come out on top of the situation. So, yeah, I would say that it is maybe difficult to write about how I'm feeling all the time, but <laughs> I also think that it's kind of the only way I know how to do it. Right. So it's hard to know what to compare it to. Right. I have a really hard time um, just imagining up situations and writing about them as if I were in them. Right. Right. But I try to sometimes. The, the songs just don't turn out very good, so I don't know. I'd, I'll I'll keep trying. I <laughs> so always no I appreciate the that when right people uh, can do that. I think it's really cool. But personally, I didn't. I, I'm just not very good at it. Right. So when you go back and hear the songs, does it feel sort of like you overcame that? That was whatever was on your mind, whatever inspired that song. You took it. You turned it into something that you can be proud of. Yeah. Essentially. Totally. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Do you, do you have a tough time listening to them again then or performing them? I've always wondered this. Like, if you write a song that's like, oh, man, that was kind of heavy. Sometimes. I'm glad to have it out. But then are there nights where you're just like, oh, I don't want to play that song. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I really, yeah, the whole record. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> so we're not touring on losing. <laughs> when uh, we took the first initial break after the mixes were done and they were in the process of being mastered and we weren't really listening to the songs every day. Yeah. Um, then revisiting some of them was kind of like, oh, fuck. This is a little... <laughs> this is a little much. And, uh, yeah, so I do feel like that. But overall, I mean, I think I'm kind of over that now because yeah. I've heard it so many times. Right. And we have been preparing to transition the set to lose... From feels like to losing, so right. uh, I've been playing them every night, and yeah, and I, I lose touch with them a little bit, not a lot, but you know, I'm not going to tap into that place every time we practice. Right. I'm going to just get through it and figure out how we can perform it best live, and then usually when we're doing it live, all those emotions come back because that's just part of playing a show. But right. Uh, right. 
yeah, for the most part, I'm not, I don't, I don't, I don't worry about it too much. Right. So we should talk a little bit about the tour. Uh, first, for the day of the, the album's release on Friday, October 20th, you guys are going to be playing a free in-store at Grimey's. That is at 6 p.m. And you don't have to have bought the record, but if you pre-ordered the album, you are guaranteed a spot in yes. the store, right? If you pre-order it from Grimey's. Right. Okay. But if you pre-ordered it before and still want to come I'm sure you can just send us an email or something we'll figure it out right be like here's my receipt from Subbomb yeah the it's supposed to be pre-order from Grimey's and then you have guaranteed entry but you can still come either way that's just it's a small space yeah yeah Um, it's a 25 minute set nice and then you have three album release parties here in Nashville you're gonna hit the road for a little bit come back to Nashville in December uh, you're playing December 14th, 15th, and 16th, I believe, right? At yes, Mercy Lounge? at Mercy Lounge, yeah. And you have a different local opener every night. Yeah. And are those some of your... How did you decide who was going to open? I'm sure there were tons of bands that were like, hey, Bully, what's up? Well, what, are you, what are you doing? I actually don't even think those bills are complete, because ideally I'd like to get first of threes on all of them, too. Right, okay. Um, but for now, we have uh, Dia Victoria, who is amazing, and if you haven't checked her out, you should obviously check her out. And Daddy Issues. They just won Best Punk Record in the Best of Nashville issue. Oh, that's congratulations. Yeah. That's it's awesome. a killer record. Yeah. That that will be a great show. Yeah. And yeah. then Pujol is yes. night three. And then Pujol is night three. And it sounds like these are all bands, local bands, that you guys are, are fans of. Yeah, um, absolutely. And so kind of a party atmosphere. Um, yeah, is, it'll be fun. Is that hard to figure out who to pick? Like, there are a lot of great bands in Nashville. Well, I'm not even going to lie. I'll just tell you <laughs> off the bat. The first people to post when we released singles about it were Idea Victoria and Daddy Issues. Nice. And you realize that and you definitely recognize that when people are supporting your record. And right. And you want to bring that support back around. And that's just a really nice thing to do, I think. Yeah. So, um, also, I love their music. So. Right. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, so. And then... Pujo, we've been friends with forever. Clay played in Pujo briefly, and I don't think we've played with him for years, so it just seemed like a good fit. Right, mm-hmm. right. So how supportive has the Nashville scene been? I know that, um, like, not the Nashville scene, the paper. We've been very supportive. We're big <laughs> yeah, bully fans. have been great. Um, the, the, the Nashville scene, the, the music scene. Um, you guys were gone for, like, a year and a half in 2015. Yeah. And then to come back... Uh, you know, you probably lost touch with some people. You were in Australia. You were in Europe twice. Like, mm-hmm. there was a lot of traveling. Uh, have they maintained support for you guys? Oh, Is yeah, it still totally. Does it feel like a tight music music scene to you guys still? Yeah. I mean, I don't go out as much as I would like to. I'm more of a homebody, so <laughs> I'm too. not out every night, you know, <laughs> yeah. catching up with the shows. But, um, yeah, totally. I still try and keep touch with, I feel like I see Olivia every once in a while from Fancy Tramp and Idol right. Bloom, or Idol Bloom I'd, now. Idol Bloom oh, and Husband Fancy Stitch. Tramp. I don't know if you've heard Husband uh, Stitch, but they, that band is killer. When we did that surprise show at Dark Matter, they opened, and oh, I nice. love that's the, it's like nineties punk rock, like kill rock stars, sort of bikini it's kill, like so good, so good. And I love Idol Bloom, but Husband Stitch totally different than Idol Bloom. You can't compare the yeah. two. Uh, but they're just so fucking good. Yeah, they're <laughs> awesome. Um, but yeah, I mean, we've always felt a good sense of support from everybody here. There's not really a lot of competition. Right. That's Which is really surprising. Nice. It's a big music scene. Yeah. And you'd think that it would be 
really competitive, but it does seem like at least I'm on the outside a bit, just like as the music critic, but it does seem like bands do go out of their way to support one another mm-hmm. um, and get each other on shows or support each other's record and, and everything like that. Yeah. So I'm glad Absolutely. to hear that that is, that is not a lie. I'm not watching a lie break, like play out in front of me. <laughs> no. And it's cool. Cause I feel like people in uh, different genres and stuff support each other too. Right. Right. And uh, that's not something you get everywhere. So, right. So who is touring with you guys or who are you for the December tour? Are you going on the road with anyone? So the first week we are taking out big ups. Second week we are taking out Inaco and the third week we are taking out milk belly. So is this something I haven't heard of any of those bands? Does that make me an old grandma? Uh, no, <laughs> they're just <laughs> bands that we like that we asked to go on tour with us. Yeah, yeah. I mean, a lot of it. Well, I don't want to get into this. I was okay. just gonna get into like booking you details, can, but right. um, yeah, no, they're great bands. They're so, all from different places, right? Okay. Um, so one of the things that changed with this record is a new record label. You guys signed a sub pop. Uh, that seems like a really awesome fit. Um, like, That's why we did it. Yep. Like that was that when that was announced, that made so much sense to me. How is the label treating you so far? How are things like how are things going? I guess. Great. Yeah. Truthfully. Yeah. I'm not lying. <laughs> you're, you're not, you're not saying that just so they keep sending you checks and <laughs> no no um it's it's been awesome working with them a couple of them were in town the other week and we hung out we went to treehouse and then we went over to dukes and um yeah they're great everyone that works there is awesome we are in touch with them on a daily basis right. clearly because we're about to release a record um but yeah it's fantastic they just have a really great solid group of people working there so and they it's like an to have fun with their releases, with it seems like. Like, they like yeah. to do different colored vinyls. They like to do different, different like, limited edition packages mm-hmm. and that sort of thing. Uh, are you excited to kind of delve into that side of a release with them and see what they're able to to make happen for you guys? Yeah, totally. I mean, we did. We already have our loser edition, and everything has been picked up for a while, but it's uh, clear with black swirl kind of into it and the yeah. record color cover is black and white so it, it it fits nicely but yeah no they're great so now you guys are about to hit the road um and now you have two records you have a much deeper cat or not a much deeper catalog but a mm-hmm. deeper catalog to choose from how does it go from touring on all of the songs from feels like to incorporating the new material off of losing how do you decide what old ones stay uh how do you decide what records are gonna or what songs are gonna trans translate from the record best into a live setting yeah It's really weird. The process is really weird. And I was thinking about this the other day because going into the first record, we had already toured it before we tracked it. Right. Um, And the second record, I wrote them. We rehearsed them as a full band. We were in and tracked it. And now we're playing them. And it's just, it's a totally different take on the songs and how you kind of feel about them when you're doing them live. For us... I have a lot of different tunings in the set, and I only use one guitar, so <laughs> a lot of the structure of the set is based on similar tunings. Right. Um, so you're not tuning every other. Yeah. Every other so song. I'm not like, like yeah, <laughs> dropping to C, going back to E, and because um, that's really inconvenient. But so yeah, that 
a lot of it has to do with that. But it's funny to see what old songs are going to get the cut and which ones are going to stay. And we don't really know yet. I mean, we assume we're going to have to keep trying. Right. We'll probably keep Milkman because that one's really fun to play. But over time, um, certain songs can feel better live, and then certain songs can kind of just lose their groove. I hate that I just used that word, but <laughs> whatever. Uh, and, and also... I think certain songs, after you've played them for so long, you can start to overthink them. Um, and it's just a really weird thing that happens with songs that you've played forever right. um, and, are, and are really used to. So I'm not sure because we don't have our set figured out yet. We're still in the process of it. But we're going to give some of them the boot. The, the, the first record was only 28 minutes long. Right. And this record is 37 minutes long, I think. <laughs> so you so. basically have a full set if you play both of yeah. them in total every night from start to finish. Technically, we could <laughs> definitely play both sets, but we won't. Right, right. In my head, a 30-minute set is always the perfect set, but yeah. in nobody else's head. That's that's the punk would. rock in you. Yeah. That's, come on, 30 minutes, get it over with. That's 10 songs, maybe 12 if you're real fast. Yeah. Um, you but, could always do what Beyonce does and just like do the little medley in the middle of like all of the hits that happened ooh, before. Okay, yeah. Just okay. like, you know, yeah, just like a five minute medley that would give Reese a chance to uh, do a costume change, At, which, yep, which, which is I know necessary. is going to going to be being a part of your uh-huh. new show. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, you can that's when you can reload the confetti cannons. Yeah. The T-shirt. Yeah. Uh, T-shirt cannons? Yeah. T-shirt guns? Just don't hit anybody in the face with guns. Yeah. Well, that's why I used cannon. Yeah. That was wise of you. (laughs) A cannon is much safer than a gun. Um, So, yeah. It's a interesting ride. (laughs) I don't... (laughs) We're we're, we're in the process of figuring it out. But most likely, it'll be the whole new record. And... Oh, yeah. One more thing I was going to say on it. I think for the first record, since we had played it, prior to the recording process and we knew that going through the recording process we wanted to make a replicate the live performance a little bit right and we still had that in the back of our minds for the second record but not as much I mean there's vocal stuff I'm not going to be able to do live and other stuff that's a little bit different so there are certain songs which we are going to play a tiny bit differently live to us that's a big deal right um to most people, they probably don't give a shit. But, uh, yeah, that is it is something that we are kind of uh, messing with. And and is that something, because you also engineer all the music and, and you produce all of the music, you do all of the, the work in the studio, too. Is that something you consider while mixing and producing the record, like how it will translate live? And is that limiting? Or do you not care and you want it to sound great on record? You'll figure out the live aspect later. Yeah, I think the way I engineer it is not... I mean, I don't really add a lot of stuff. It's not very produced or right, overproduced. Right. So I don't have to worry about that as much. Um, I am pretty minimal as far as effects I'm adding. or I mean, I can get a little carried away with panning because that's really fun for me. But... <laughs> That's really the extent of my, uh, you know, engineering tricks. Right. There aren't layers of synth coming in with with fog machines. Yeah, though we did um, record a little bit of Reese's sax for something, and it didn't make it on the record. But (laughs) I have a picture of him playing it for the record, and... uh, Anyway, it was that great. Can, that needs to be on a B-side. That needs to be some sort of, like, limited edition <laughs> Sub Pop 7-inch. Yeah. Just, like, a Just Reese Lazarus sax, sax solo. Yeah. yeah. Well, when we did that X-Ray Specs cover, he played sax. Nice. Oh, bondage. So, anyway, 
we were just fucking around. But <laughs> yeah, no, I wouldn't say that it's limiting. And and I do think about how songs can be perform live when I'm mixing, but I'm really usually just thinking about the recording. But I think the result of changing a song for the live show is just for me this far has felt like just for a songs that I haven't been able to live with long enough before they were tracked. And so now I'm just thinking of different ways to go about it. And right. um, I just kind of think, well, if it's already on the record, then it's not too late to do something different live and see how that goes or even jump back in and do another version of it or whatever. Right. Um, so, yeah. Well, thank you so much for coming in. Yeah. Thanks for I've having me. I've been listening to Losing nonstop um, for like, what, three weeks now at this point, And it just gets better and better with every listen so i'm so excited that it's going to come out uh if you pick up a copy of the scene you guys are on the cover and we talk a a lot more about some of the stuff that went into it too Mm -hmm. so one of the things that you guys have done before uh in order to beef up the sets and and stretch out that 27 minute long record uh you've done some cover songs uh what are some of the songs that you've covered live in the past well, <laughs> I think, okay, it's funny because I think when picking covers, there's two ways you can approach it. Yeah. And I think the right way to do it is probably pick a cover that everyone knows so it's fun for everybody. Right. But we do the other way, which is pick a cover that two people in the audience is familiar They'll with. They'll get so excited, And though. then they get so so excited. Right, right. Thank you for playing that Jawbox B-side. <laughs> yeah. I really, really needed that. We did, uh, there was a point where we were having, we had two McCluskey covers in the set, and there's <laughs> always two people every show just like, yes, Nice. McCluskey, McCluskey is, I, I miss them every day. Um, I know. They were great. And yeah. really fun to cover. And then we did a Butthole Surfers cover, which was really fun. And then a PJ Harvey cover, which was awesome, and then X-Ray Specs. Right. And I think that's maybe all of our covers. Um, and but, do you try to stay true to the songs, or do you take them and be like, that's a good starting point, now we're going to turn it into a bully jam? Whatever we have to do to make them sound all right, whichever yeah. way they sound better. I mean, usually we're pretty true to the songs. We're yeah. not really trying to rework them and right. add our own flair, because right. we like them for what they are. Right. Um but yeah, we usually have to do that because our first record was so short and a lot of times if we had festival slots or um, a, an allotted time space, it was usually 40 to 45 minutes. Right. Um, so, so like three cover songs are going to be, you're going to play yeah. the whole record and then and then beef it up with some cover songs. We have to pick, we still haven't picked the covers we're going to do for this tour and I wonder if we will because I guess now we actually have enough songs to just be able to do an encore and it doesn't have to be a cover but it is fun to have one in there I mean it's yeah a little bit of a stress reliever it's just you know a couple minutes where you can just have fun and it doesn't really matter because you don't have to I don't think you really have to overthink doing a cover it should be fun and for the two people at the bully shows who are familiar (laughs) with it it should be fun for them but um, the two people that have heard McCluskey yeah out of the group of 120 people <laughs> who are standing there. Well, if you haven't heard McCluskey, go listen to them because they're amazing. Um, do you? So you don't know what songs you're going to cover coming up on this tour, if any. Like Tom Petty just died, so there's it, there could be maybe some no 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 Petty covers. I don't think we're going to cover Tom Petty. <laughs> that's a that's a big thing. I think like that's a when when a legendary musician dies uh, and everybody rushes to cover his or her songs. Part of me is always like, that's that's big. That's why would you do that? Just go listen to the one they recorded. That's really really good. 
I feel like if you are really that artist was very influential to you, maybe it's a way of connecting with them yeah, or something. Yeah. I'm not sure. But nothing against Tom Petty, obviously. <laughs> we just probably more than likely won't be covering Tom Petty. Right. So do you want to take suggestions of what to cover? Yeah. Can readers, can readers email or, or tweet at Bully yes. and be like, you know what you Tell need to do? Tell me what to cover, and I probably <laughs> won't, but maybe I will. Somebody might have a really good idea. Len, Always Steal My Sunshine. Sure. Yeah. Why not? I'm trying to get some, like, Natalie Merchant. Yeah. What about Natalie and Brulia? <laughs> some Jewel. What if you did a whole <laughs> Natalie love breakdown? Jewel. Uh, see? A little bit of Jewel. Yeah. I'm just going to whip out an acoustic guitar. Will you? Sure. <laughs> Nothing's right, I'm torn. Yes. I'm all out of faith. I could Do you nail want that me song. to come and guest sing it with you? Yeah. Because that was my vocal talent right there. Yeah. And so I could do like the spoken word background. I couldn't vocals. even tell the difference between you and the recording. See? Yeah. I uh, mean, and I also I have her haircut. I ma- I married the singer of Silver Chair. I am her. You did not know that. No. That was my past life. That's I'm great. Australian. Let's talk about Mezzi. Yes. I want to talk. So we've talked about the record. Who cares? It's good. Whatever. Yeah. Go buy it. But you have Forget one of the, it. you have one of the cutest dogs in Nashville. I do. Her name is Mezzi. And I got to play fetch with her while you guys were getting your picture taken for the cover. Yes. And she is the sweetest. She's an absolute queen. How, how did Mezzi come into your life? When I was. Well, I was that um, irresponsible 19-year-old who got a dog. <laughs> a but puppy, right? A, a puppy, like, <laughs> yeah. She was a puppy. I'm because every 27 now. Needs a, needs a right. puppy. Right. Needs to like, focus on graduating college and taking care of a puppy. That's so <laughs> practical. Such a smart choice. Um, but it was in the long run. Yeah. Because she's amazing. So she's eight now. Oh, She'll Grandma be nine amazing. in May. Uh, she hasn't gone on tour with you guys. At some point, is that something you want to do? When do you well, need to take Mezzi out on the road? Most people want to upgrade to a bus because that means that their record is doing well and their right. shows are selling well. But I personally want to upgrade to a bus so I can take my dog on the road because <laughs> she is an absolute delight and she's very well trained and she's really mellow. But here's what you do not know, oh, listeners. No. <laughs> She's 85 pounds, <laughs> and she sheds like crazy. She so, does. So, you know, she's she's came with us to Chicago before, um, and that was really nice. Oh, she's a little pup in the big so city. So good in the van. She just lays there. I have pictures of her just resting her little chin on my knee. Oh, um, And you've sung about her. She's appeared in songs. Yeah. You've mentioned her. So Absolutely. she could even come out on stage. She has. She came like, out I in am, Chicago. I am the dog she is speaking of. Yeah. I need to get her some doggy some earmuffs. Earmuffs and some doggles. Yes. She needs some. Yes. Just eye protection, protection I think, is important. Yeah. When, when guitars she's are catch. being flung around. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And yeah. all the crazy And what if she wants to stage dive? Stage. <laughs> yeah, she could stage dive. Yeah. But she wouldn't. She would probably just sit right by the bass amp because that's what she likes to do. We have to <laughs> we have to put her outside to practice because otherwise she'll just sit right by the kick drum or the bass amp. Oh, she's the little. She's like the 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 brick that holds the bass drum in place. You can yeah. just place her right there. If I allowed like, her you to be, you are an eighty five pound dog. Just sit there. Yeah, and don't let the drum move. Yeah, my kitchen is. Um, it's the size of a square. I can't tell you how much because I don't. I don't know how big. I don't know dimensions. <laughs> I mean, I know how to find a... Dim- Never mind. But 
she'll lay and spread her whole body out just in the middle of the kitchen whenever I'm in there trying to microwave. Because let's be real, I'm not cooking. When I'm making the pumpkin risotto when with I, French sage yeah. leaves, when I'm when I'm baking it. an elaborate concoction in my kitchen in Nashville. Thanks to Alicia Bugnano of Bully and thanks to Jeff the Brotherhood for our intro music and coming up tomorrow, a special bonus episode with Margot Price. Thanks for listening.